At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets are on the road again, visiting the New Orleans Pelicans, the last team the Hornets have yet to see here this NBA season. Excited to see the Hornets take on one of their former players, Devontae Graham, and see how they fare against this Pelican squad. Both teams definitely in need of a victory. We're also going to talk about the importance of a fast start to this one. Most teams, that's obviously a good recipe for success, but for the Hornets and the Pelicans, for that matter, since the All-Star break, the number's pretty stark when it comes to winning games and what kind of numbers they put up in the first quarter. Last but not least, we will talk about the recent runs some superstars have had against the Hornets. In fact, that's going to be our first topic today, and helping me out on it, it's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. Rob, this was kind of your baby. Take the reins here. Hornets going up head-to-head with Kyrie Irving and then Jason Tatum. Both of them are multiple-time All-Stars, All-Star Game starters. Both played like it at the Hive, and the Hornets ended up on the wrong end of the result because of it. Yeah, so this was something that I just kind of, it obviously stood out. So, I mean, it was something I think that was worth noting when you take a look at everything was how rare it is to not only go against two superstars like a Kyrie Irving and like a Jason Tatum, but also on back-to-back nights, and they put up 
just crazy numbers. And I think it was kind of just the way that the schedule happened this late in the season. Again, before the season started, we didn't know what Kyrie Irving's status was because of everything going on in his camp. And then we always knew that Jason Tatum was going to be a difficult challenge as well. We always knew that the Celtics were going to be playing some good basketball at some point. And they've played really well the last couple of weeks as well. So, you know, you take a look at Jason Tatum's numbers the last four games. He is just out of this world. He's averaging 42 points per game, six rebounds, four and a half assists. His shooting is phenomenal as well. He's almost shooting 56% from the field, 46% from three on 10.3 attempts, and his free throw percentage is right around 87%. So there's almost nobody playing better than Jason Tatum right now in the NBA. And then you got a guy like Kyrie Irving. We've seen what he's been able to do his entire career. And that was just a masterful performance on Tuesday at Spectrum Center. I mean, his true shooting percentage was above a thousand which I don't know if I've ever seen that before for a player in a game so just really remarkable performances obviously the Hornets could have done a couple of things differently to curb those performances and also get off to some better starts of course the offensive rebounding was an issue in both of those games as well the shooting wasn't up to par and what are used to through the first well 60 some games now of the season so you know it was a culmination of a lot of different things but the fact that you know, you go one night playing a team like Brooklyn, who obviously has a lot of superstars like KD, like Kyrie. We don't know how Ben Simmons is going to fit into that fold. And then you got the second night of a back-to-back against Boston with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and those kind of guys. Just some remarkable stuff and just really unlucky, I think, for the Hornets that they had to have this fall the way it did in the schedule this late in the season. It is fair to say that, you know, luck in terms of how the, the schedule works out has something to do with these results. And, you know, no question it didn't help the Hornets that it was night two of a back-to-back where they were going up against Boston, uh, where Boston was rested and the Hornets were not. We have seen this scenario before, and we have had somewhat similar results on night two. Way back at the start of the season, there was the exact same Brooklyn-Boston back-to-back. That time it was road at Brooklyn, then a home game against Boston. Charlotte was able to take care of business up in New York against the Brooklyn Nets, getting their third straight win to start the season 111-95, to and really, for the most part, kept the supporting cast of Kevin Durant in check. Durant went for 38 in that game, but the rest of the team only scored 57. Hornets able to win that game, holding the Nets under 100. But the next night out, they hosted Boston. Celtic squad that at the time was struggling a little bit. They were 1-2 and two coming into that one. But Jason Tatum, he lit it up that night. He had 41, and his running mate, Jalen Brown, also went for 30 in that game. So I think the, the point of this segment and overall is to say All-Stars are All-Stars for a reason. They're the queens on the chessboard. They can do things in terms of take over a game that most NBA starters just simply cannot do and so whenever you have one of those guys in your pocket it makes you that much more dangerous that's why the future seems so bright for the Hornets because they think they've got the makings of not just one but maybe two of them in LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges and you also have a former all-star in Gordon Hayward when he's healthy as well so if you're able to just kind of combine all of that together you would certainly hope that you're able to one day go up against these teams like Boston like Brooklyn in back-to-back nights and really have a puncher's chance. I mean, I'm not saying that the Hornets didn't have a chance in either game, but, you know, it certainly helps to have a guy like Jason Tatum or Kyrie Irving on your side of the floor. So, you know, hopefully the younger talent can develop in that way for the Hornets. We've seen flashes of it already. At this point, you know, the core is there. We've seen different teams manufacture these, I don't want to call them super teams, these big threes in certain ways. A lot of people have been doing it via sign and trades and that sort of thing when you think of teams like 
Boston and teams like Brooklyn. I mean, Boston's a little bit more homegrown, but especially Brooklyn. So hopefully the Hornets can get that homegrown talent developed and they can be on that upper echelon of teams in the top four and the top six in the Eastern Conference. The uh, good news or bad news, I guess, depending on how you're looking at it, a lot of the all-star power for tonight's game against New Orleans, not available. Gordon Hayward obviously will not play for Charlotte. Their current all-star LaMelo Ball clearly will be for New Orleans. The two guys who have been involved in all-star games previously, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, neither will be available for this one. So certainly seems to be advantage Hornets there. We do like to see these stars on the floor. I'm not s- suggesting that we're uh, we're thankful at all that those guys are not going to be playing from a, uh, a fan point of view, but certainly it helps the Hornets' chances. Another thing that could help the Hornets' chances, a fast start tonight. The first quarter has been key, has been determinative in a lot of circumstances, not just for the Hornets, but for the New Orleans Pelicans as well since the All-Star break. We'll talk about that next after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Rob, the first quarter, the start of the game, the saying is you can't win a game in the first quarter, but you can lose them. Unfortunately for Charlotte, that felt that way since the All-Star break, that a couple of these games, they've just been slow to get out of the gates, slow to get their offense going, and that it has cost them. Crunching the numbers since the all-star break hornets in wins are averaging somewhere around 32 points per game in their victories this is again strictly since the all-star break so that's three wins for the hornets in the four losses there is a pretty steep drop off charlotte sinks all the way down to 25 points per game and even more telling than this is how wide the disparity is in the plus minus in the losses they are a minus six in those first quarters in their wins they are a plus 5.7 so essentially you're seeing a two possession lead established one way or the other based off how these first quarters go and they have stood up since the all-star break whoever's been winning the first quarter tends to win the game that's not really surprising for me sam i didn't really get a chance to crunch the numbers like you did but certainly i mean we've seen that time and time again even going back to the beginning of the season we saw the Hornets digging themselves in the holes early. I mean, there were teams putting up 35, 40 points in the first quarter, and it just puts you so far behind the eight ball when you get to that point because now you're trying to play catch up. You might be, you know, trying to look for a couple of extra three pointers. You might not be taking, you might be passing up on an easy two to try to get a kick in a corner to get that extra point to try to make up some extra ground. And I think a lot of it has to do on the defensive end as well. And I'm not saying that the defense has been you know, not playing up to par lately, but it seems like, you know, there's times where the offense just hasn't been there and the defense hasn't really been able to hold its own. It's been, you know, like I mentioned, mid to high.
high 30s that the opposing team has been able to score in the first 12 minutes of the game. And the Hornets offense just hasn't been able to keep up with it. I know that they're still ranked pretty high there in terms of scoring average per game. They're still one of the top teams in the NBA. But like I said, I mean, if you're down double digits after the first quarter, I mean, that's just really hard to make up. And I understand that, you know, it is the NBA teams are going to go on runs, but sometimes your defense is your best offense. And it seems like it's been that way for the Hornets as well. During this stretch, I mean, when you go back and you think about the Boston game on Wednesday, the Hornets were looking pretty good, and then they just allowed a quick 8-0 spurt at the end of the quarter that really put them behind the eight ball a little bit more, and especially in the third quarter on Wednesday as well. They just couldn't close out that last couple of minutes. Of course, there was you know the Kelly Oubre technical and the foul that put Jason Tatum at the line and really extended that lead for the Celtics going into the fourth frame, but at the same time, too, it's that last couple of minutes, I think, of the first quarter that are really crucial when it's, you know, you know, some of the starters are on the bench resting, getting a couple of extra minutes going into that second quarter to start that second quarter that the reserves need to kind of pick it up a little bit too, just kind of clamp down defensively. And I think that's where guys like Cody Martin coming back into the fold and Jalen McDaniels coming back into the fold, who is probable for tonight, can really make a difference in that aspect as well. It's interesting to bring that up because the strength of this team, the depth, should allow the Hornets to be, if anything, better when you get to those late minutes of the first quarter rather than the opposite. You mentioned, you know, the defense maybe being more to Term. The numbers don't really indicate that through seven games since the All-Star break. In Hornets wins at the end of the first quarter, the average score is 32-26 for Charlotte. The average score in losses is 25-31. So we're talking about two possessions here. Where it's not a huge disparity or two shots, I should say, being the disparity between those two. For New Orleans, however, there is a huge swing that happens in their wins since the All-Star break. They've had, I think, four of them. Their average score at the end of the first quarter is 30-23. So roughly the same ratio that the Hornets have in their losses. They are just getting pummeled in the opening frame. They're down on average 36 to 23. They're a minus 13 in the first quarter of their losses since the All-Star break. So for Charlotte, the opportunity is not just, hey, let's get a lead here in the first quarter. It's let's put some serious daylight between us and the Pelicans because they have proven over the course of the season that they're just having a hard time catching up if they make that kind of a deficit really become a reality. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out here tonight. The other night for the Pelicans, they were taking on an Orlando Magic team that is clearly struggling right now. Mentioned before, their average in losses is a minus 13. End of the first quarter, they trailed Orlando 30-17, to minus 13 on the nose. So for the Hornets, it's not just have a good first quarter as in get yourself in rhythm, maybe hold a lead of three or four against New Orleans the way they've been playing recently. You got to put a hurting on them basically in that first quarter. Yeah, and that game on Wednesday is a really good example of that Sam were like you mentioned they were down 13 points early but they were able to make a comeback there a little bit in the third quarter so again it's one of those things where and I'll get to this in our game preview as well where you can't just give this team any daylight I mean I think that's kind of the recipe for success against some of these younger teams in general when you go back and think of some of the losses to some of the teams with worse records than the Hornets this year you go back to that Orlando loss you go back to the Detroit loss you go back to the Houston loss all of those kind of have a common theme where you let them stay in the game a little bit too long. They grew some confidence. They hung around. They were able to knock some shots 
shots down, and they ended up in losses for Charlotte. So I think that's another good point of just starting the game early, trying to kind of bury them early a little bit, trying to mount that comeback because, you know, those younger teams, I understand that, you know, they might not be as experienced. They might not play with a whole lot of fear. They just kind of go out playing with nothing to lose. But still, you got to kind of put the separation a little bit there earlier just so then not necessarily coast to the end, but make it a little bit more comfortable for you down the stretch as well. Well, let's get into that game preview. We'll do it next. Hornets versus the Pelicans tonight. Both teams looking to get back on track. We'll have the preview for you after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC Big Game tonight here for the Hornets. Said yesterday in the podcast, by the way, Rob Longo, our producer on the Hornets Radio Network with me, Sam Farber, here today on the Hornets Hivecast. Rob, I said yesterday on the podcast with Wes Robinson that I think these next two weeks are the most important for the remainder of the Hornets schedule. It's the most favorable for Charlotte. There's at least a day's rest between every game. They've got 7 and 15 days, so it's pretty busy, but you at least have that rest advantage built in a couple of times on the schedule, including their next game against Oklahoma City. In addition to that, you're seeing a lot of teams that are below 500. Case in point, New Orleans tonight, and even the teams that are really above 500 that should be dangerous to the Hornets, teams like Dallas, they will be on night two of a back-to-back. So a lot of things set up well here for the Hornets. I think come the end of the season, they should be playing for something, seeding in the play-in tournament, something of that nature. But the question that's going to start to get determined tonight, and will be over the next two weeks is is that spot they're playing for number seven eight ten where exactly will they fit in we're going to start to get some answers tonight yeah and I think to that point too you can even boil this down a little bit more to this next week I mean you got games coming up against New Orleans and Oklahoma City which are must wins at this point in the season just based off of the records and then you got a big one next Wednesday as you take a little bit of a longer look at the schedule against Atlanta which is a team that you're really jockeying for position in the playing tournament so the next two weeks are extremely important but I think you can boil it down to the next three games over the next week to make it really 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 significant for the Hornets. Taking a look at the standings right now the Hornets are still in kind of that virtual tie with Atlanta essentially for ninth they're only four games back of the seven spot so there's still a time here to make a run and as we've mentioned a couple of times Toronto they've got a tough road trip they're in the midst of right now Brooklyn they're still dealing with all the will Kyrie play won't he play depending on venue and all those sorts of things so certainly some opportunities here for the Hornets to make up some ground potentially with the teams chasing them they do only hold a game and a half lead over Washington however that lead is three wins in the win column meaning Washington's played three fewer games they would need to win them all to make up the distance between themselves and the Hawks and Hornets on the Western Conference side where New Orleans resides they're currently in the number 10 spot they're a game and a half back in the Lakers for number nine only a game and a half up on the Portland Trailblazers from whom they acquired C 
C.J. McCollum for the 10 spot. So there's a very real possibility that Portland can figure some things out here, or New Orleans can't, that they could acquire a almost all-star. McCollum not quite made that cut so far in his career, but perhaps could in the future. He's playing like one right now, but they could acquire him from Portland and still miss the playoffs. We'll see how it all works out. Hornets will be taking on the Pelicans tonight. As always, Rob Longo, you are the guest. You get to go first. We need a player for each team as well as a stat to watch for this one. I'm going to go ahead and take the easy one, or at least the one that stands out to me the most for New Orleans, and I'm going to say Jonas Valanciunas. 30 points, 15 rebounds the other night against Orlando. Shot the ball pretty well. 8 for 8 from the free throw line, so even though he is a big man, he is able to make his free throws, which is something that we've seen the last couple of games in terms of some hacka Andre Drummonds or hacka somebody from the Celtics, you know, that sort of thing too, just trying to get some extra possessions out of the game when it comes down to it for the Hornets. But Valanchunas, he's been really good. He's had a lot of success against the Hornets last year. Of course, he was in Memphis, came over in that trade for Steven Adams, which has really worked out, I think, for both teams, but probably more so for the Grizzlies. But at any rate, Valanciunas last season against the Hornets, double doubles in both contests. The first game, 12 points, 15 boards. Second game, he goes for 14 and 10. So he's my guy to watch tonight for the Pelicans. Well, I think the obvious pick would have been C.J. McCollum, but uh, obviously now some breaking news. He is not going to be available for this one as he's been placed in the NBA's health and safety protocols. So I'm going to go with the youngster. I'm going to go with Herb Jones for this one. Jones' second-round pick last year out of Alabama. Been a really strong player for them. Last couple of games, he's been in double figures as well. So anytime a player goes out for any reason, it opens up opportunities for others. I think this is one that Herb Jones will try and step into here today for the Pelicans. Rob, where are we going next? Let's keep it with players to watch for the Hornets. I'm going to take a look at the Plum Dog Millionaire, Jason Plumley. He's just been playing with a lot of confidence, I think, over the last couple of games. You see him bringing the ball up the floor a little bit more. You see him being more active on offense, being a little bit more aggressive, which again, it all ties back to the acquisition of Montrez Harrell earlier, right before the trade deadline, because he's able to go a little bit harder. He's able to get a little bit of a break here or there. But the last couple of games, I thought he's just played extremely well. You go back to that game Wednesday against Boston, seven points, 15 rebounds, just kind of snatching everything up. Didn't have a great game against Brooklyn but you know you go back a little bit earlier to the beginning of March in that game against Cleveland he was just phenomenal a plus 26 out there on the floor even though he only had seven points and eight rebounds he was able to do all the little things right he was aggressive in the paint in and around the paint on both ends of the floor so for me I really have to take a look at Mason Plumlee to kind of continue that against a guy like I mentioned Jonas Valanciunas who can be a dominant center on the other side of the floor so that's kind of the matchup that I'm looking for those two guys going at it and the pain on both ends of the floor. Mason's definitely been playing well for me for this one. I think there's a lot of options you can look at, but I'm going to go with Kelly Oubre. It's been a while for him since he has played in his hometown of New Orleans. I think there's a a little bit of, you know, that coming home factor that can work in his favor here. He's a streaky shooter. He's been on a, a relative hot streak as of late, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do here for the Hornets in a return to his hometown. But furthermore, you just look at the way New Orleans is functioning 
right now. All the injuries they're enduring, and particularly to superstar, all-star quality players like Zion Williamson, as well as Brandon Ingram, and they just don't have the kind of firepower on the bench that should, in theory, match up well with a Kelly Oubre Jr. Now, they have mixed things up a little bit. Our old friend Devontae Graham has come off the bench for New Orleans uh, in their last game. Didn't have his best shooting performance from there, so it's not to throw shade at all at some of the players that they're going to have coming off the bench, but they're very top-heavy right now, New Orleans. So Hornets, they have the opportunity not just to spread their scoring out throughout the roster, but also to have those bench guys come in with even stronger matchups for themselves that they can take advantage of. Last but not least, we need a stat to watch, Rob. I'm going to go with the offensive rebounding. I know it's been well documented over the last couple of games. 16 offensive rebounds allowed against Boston on Wednesday. Only allowed six against Brooklyn, but that was because, well, the Nets weren't really trying to go after offensive rebounds because the Hornets were too busy taking the ball out of the bucket after Kyrie scored 50 points. So, you know, that's kind of a non-starter at that point. But then double-digit rebounds allowed against the Spurs kind of kept them in that game a little bit. You go back to that Detroit game, which was just such a bad loss for the Hornets. 22 offensive boards allowed, just way too many second chance opportunities and again it all goes back to a guy like Valanchunas who is a really good rebounder who can really hurt you on the defensive glass with those second chance opportunities and again at the same time with the Hornets the shooting hasn't been the best the last couple of games and the way to get around that is getting second looks at the bucket you know get their second and third chance opportunities maybe get a foul called maybe get an and one opportunity go to the line get you a couple of free throws so for me once again it's going to be the offensive rebounding it's kind of like I have a theme in this game Sam I understand why I think it's a difficult one for the Hornets to focus on just because you do have Valanchunas on the other side and and I'm not indicating that I don't think it will be a focus I do think it will be a focus will be a big part of the game plan but in terms of having it be something that you're leaning on saying hey we can win the game if we get this many offensive rebounds well they might not be available my mindset on this one is that you're kind of hoping that they aren't available New Orleans this season they've had quite a few games where they've allowed teams to shoot extremely well from the floor Uh, They've had 37 games out of their 66 where the opponent has shot better than 45%. In those contests, Pelicans are a whopping 4-33. So I think this is all about getting quality shots and having a good shooting day. It doesn't have to be 50%, but if you can make better than 45% from the field, it's almost money in the bag here when you're playing the Pelicans. So I'm focused on field goal percentage. I'm saying 45% or slightly better than 45% percent is the number we need to focus on for the Hornets to register the W. All right, we'll see how it all plays out tonight. Will offensive rebounds be the key? Will it be shooting percentage? Will our stars selected end up being the stars of the night or will it be some player coming kind of off the radar that ends up shining brightly here in this matchup between the Hornets and the Pelicans? Should be a good one, definitely important one. We'll have it all covered for you on the Hornets Radio Network and tomorrow on the HHC, Rob Longo is in the anchor chair. He'll be working with Sam Purley, bringing you all the breakdown and all the latest information on your favorite NBA team. Till then, a big thank you to Rob Longo for joining us today. Thanks, Sam. Pleasure as always. And hopefully I'm wrong because I would like to see a strong shooting night for the Hornets tonight. I would love to see that too. How about they get 45% plus get some offensive rebounds? Why not do both? Well, let's both be right for this one. That would be fun. Best of both worlds. I like it. I like it too. And we definitely like talking to all of you. Again, Rob Longo and Sam Purley back with you tomorrow here on the HHC. Till then, for Rob, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.